One of the biggest struggles that many of us, perhaps all of us have, is the fact that we struggle with that which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has made haram upon us. Despite the fact that the vast majority on the face of this earth, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has made it halal, somehow our evil nafs that Allah has placed within us and the whisperings of shaitan, these things drive us then and they beautify for us those things which are detrimental for us physically and spiritually. And there are many amongst us who are struggling, perhaps with one particular mistake, one particular wrong, one particular challenge that we just can't seem to reel ourselves out of. And this can be in different forms. Uh, maybe it's being late for our salah, or we are addicted to some sort of harmful substance, or we are addict to what, uh, addicted to watching some unlawful content. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala protect us from all of this. And this is a constant struggle that we have of battling those things which we are now, so to say, addicted to in our lives. And this eventually now takes a toll on us. It's burdensome on our shoulders. So inshallah ta'ala, in our next presentation, we have two very uh, capable panelists, inshallah ta'ala, who will explore this particular aspect and topic of addiction. What is addiction? How to go about dealing with addiction? And we have our two panelists, Sheikh Shakir Bayat, hafizahullah ta'ala, who is a very close friend of mine, mashallah ta'ala, I would like to think so, who is also based in Roshni, and he has dedicated himself to the upliftment of the youth uh, through his wonderful organization known as the Dean Team. Right? And our next panelist, Hafiz Ahmad Solomon, hafizahullah ta'ala, he hails from Cape Town. He is a student of Qari Ismail Lund, hafizahullah ta'ala. He is also a graduate of Darul Naim. And he currently serves as Director of Youth Mastery and Transformation through Revelation Institute. So our two panelists, inshallah ta'ala, for this particular segment will present this particular topic in a casual uh, dialogue format. And it will, we would like for you guys to also, you know, have some input with regard to the discussion to make it more stimulating and interactive and beneficial for all of us, inshallah ta'ala. We now call upon Sheikh Shakir Bayad and Hafiz Ahmad Solomon. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Gents, I hope you guys are all comfortable. Hope you're having a good, stimulating, engaging morning. How's it been going so far? Inshallah. Hafid Ahmad, let's go in. Pray for the kill. Bismillah. 
أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم وصلى الله على سيدنا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين السلام عليكم ورحمة الله تعالى وبركاته السلام ورحمة الله وبركاته often so I'm from Cape Town um, and uh, maybe a little bit less well behaved than Hafiz Shakir so uh, often when when uh, when we had a youth program and I greet and uh, the youth greet back so quietly and silently then I ask are we at a youth program or are we at a janaza and there's lots of life at the youth program so assalamu alaikum warahmatullahi ta'ala wabarakatuh so inshallah the intention is to have a uh, loose discussion and feel free at any point in time if you have a question put your hand up um, and then in that manner we can deal with uh, questions or even thoughts that come to your mind the program is for you inshallah ta'ala for your benefit for your understanding and for all of us inshallah but uh, directed at yourself so if you have any questions something on your mind put your hand up and uh, inshallah ta'ala will do our best to try and to try and deal with it inshallah so uh, bismillah inshallah so we're going to pace ourselves it's it's three minutes past ten we have 35 minutes and in this 35 minutes discussion inshallah we want to discuss the topic of addiction from different avenues and different perspectives and inshallah create some sort of uh, knowledge by knowledge base by the end of this discussion as well as a few sets of tools that we can take with us and also empower everybody to be in the position that if we face the challenge we can deal with the challenge we can diagnose the challenge and we can assist others as well inshallah are you guys ready inshallah hey look here guys just make your faces like you lust for us at least so that we feel like we're ready to speak right do you know what's nervousness in public speaking nervousness is the fear of rejection from the audience just act like you're not rejecting us, Jen, so that we can be pumped up and don't look so tired. In fact, brothers, come closer. Come closer. No. Come closer. Yeah, come closer, come, closer. come closer. You see, on the Dean Team programs, we have a rule. Look alive. On your toes, look alive. Everybody, let's all look alive, right? Inshallah. I don't know, maybe they skate for the guy from Cape Town. Cape Town has <laughs> a reputation, no? <laughs> just kidding, just kidding. Bismillah, Habib Ahmed, let's start with the definition of addiction. When we say addiction, what sort of a definition would we give to addiction? So, generally, and what we're going to do today uh, is we're going to look at addiction in terms of how it may be described, the definitions that you may find for it. And then to us as young Muslims, what, what does this mean to us? So we're going to have the actual definition, what is addiction? And then at the same time, what does this mean to us and what do we take away from here when we hear uh, addiction? So firstly, does anybody maybe want to answer the question, what is addiction? Anybody? Anything? There's no right or wrong, it's not an exam. Anybody? Just want to share something? What is addiction? So, Bismillah. Action that you can't stop doing, definitely. So they characterize addiction by um, continuous uh, obsessive behavior, right? Where there's this strong urge that one can't uh, or seemingly can't um, fend off or stop or prevent, right? So it talks about persistent and intense urges to engage in certain behavior, right? So let's look at that from a 
just a uh, technical uh, you know definition uh, inshallah have you shared your thoughts yeah so absolutely so an obsessive urge to do something in a repetitive manner and that action that you're doing should entail an element of self-harm now look at the way allah has wired us when a threat comes towards us our natural response is to avert the threat so we have two responses to fear the one response to fear is to fight the fear so if somebody is fighting of a fear it doesn't necessarily mean this person is not afraid but his response to fear is to save himself from fear he fights the second response to fear is flight so a person runs away from fear so that's the natural response if somebody is coming towards you and uh, i feel goalkeepers very sorry they're in the most difficult position but if somebody mucks you automatically cover your face because you value the money so you value what brings in the likes so anyway that's the response we protect ourselves but when it comes to addiction the natural responses of either fight or flight is overrided where a person repeats a behavior that is harming himself whereas normally we protect ourselves from harm but addiction is a obsessive state where we continually harm ourselves despite being fully aware that the avenue we're going to is harming ourselves when our response is obviously to protect ourselves from harm right 100 and i think one more addition just to ask quickly as an intro understanding what addiction is is that often when i say addiction what's the first thing that comes to your mind if i say addiction or an addict drugs drugs right that's maybe the first thing that comes to your mind or maybe alcohol right or maybe gambling but addiction isn't necessarily just um, in fact it's not at all only tied into drugs and alcohol and addiction can also relate to behavioral addictions so remember according to how Hafiz Shakir explained it is this uh, persistence on something that you are doing that is harmful so it is this drugs that you're taking harmful this alcohol that you are consuming harmful but there's this behavior that you're indulging in it's maybe not alcohol it's maybe not drugs but it's this thing that you're doing that now becomes harmful and we're going to talk a bit more about the different types a bit later but take that as a definition this is something i'm engaging in and it is harming me and if you look at how allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and very quickly spoke about uh khamr, wine from the beginning where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala first says that in it there's benefit there's benefit right there's a major harm and there's some benefit in it but the harm of it is greater than the benefit of it right akbar min naf'ihima. so there's a little bit of benefit so I want to leave that in your mind in the meantime what is there in your life where there's some benefit to it but the harms are actually greater and when we involve ourselves in this continuously, we can't stop ourselves from involving in this, involving ourselves in this, and we in turn then continuously harm ourselves. Hmm. So you mentioned that Allah speaks about addictive substances and Allah speaks about intoxicants. That there is there is some benefit for people, but the harm outweighs the benefit. So now, and you also made a statement that it's not confined to drugs. So what are the avenues of addiction and the type of addictions? And the reason I mention this is that when we say addiction, we think of drug addicts, we think of people who are maybe living on the streets. But addiction is just so much more than that, especially in our time. When Allah says there are some benefit, but the harm outweighs the benefit, what are some of the benefits people could get from addictive avenues and from intoxicants? Let me give you guys two benefits. 
that and i'm not trying to sell you guys drugs right <laughs> <laughs> the, the two benefits you're going to get is the first benefit is or the first reason that people do it is to avoid pain the second reason for why people do it is to seek pleasure so there's two reasons the one reason is to seek pleasure the other reason is to avoid pain in most cases when people start out they're just seeking pleasure as it escalates and they experience the consequences of addiction the pain in their life increases then instead of remedying the cause of pain people use the addictive avenues to avoid pain and that's the reason why people do things intrinsically we are not bad people kullu mauludin yulad wa al fitra everybody is born on a pure state so inherently we're not created desiring the wrong thing we desiring to be good so a person who is addicted is not doing it because he wants to be addicted because he wants to throw his life away because he wants to spite allah wa na'udhu billahi min dhalik they are doing it either because they seeking pleasure or they are avoiding pain now how does an avenue of addiction provide the pleasure or provide the avoidance of pain if you look at all of the avenues of addiction there is one commonality in all of them they are all platforms or avenues that provide a mood change so a person is in a certain state of mind in a certain feeling they do what they do and when they come out of that their feeling is different so if a person is addicted to gaming when he clocks a certain level on call of duty the feeling he gets it changes the way he feels if a person is addicted to cigarettes when he smokes the feeling he gets is either avoiding pain or he's experiencing pleasure and that's why it would create a long list of avenues that people will get addicted to because those avenues of addiction either provide pleasure or avoid pain i want to know why you're smiling no no i'm smiling because uh everyone else is smiling okay. and that's because we know it's the truth uh-huh. that often you maybe had a tough day or something happened in your day that you can't emotionally comprehend yet right so remember all of us are on a journey we constantly growing like we say at youth mastery we grow as we go every day you're learning something new part of what you're learning every day right is how do you handle certain emotions allah subhanahu wa ta'ala puts a test in front of you right now you engage in that another test is there now this test besides the reward of passing the test what else has allah subhanahu wa ta'ala placed in that test for us an opportunity for growth as an individual now what happens is this challenge hits you you now don't engage or you don't understand how to engage but through engaging the challenge you will maybe learn how to process that and how many times have something happened in our lives and then we've gone through it and later on we learn how to deal with it even better but now what happens is something happens and maybe it hits you in a way that you can't understand or you, and, and instead of trying to fathom this and find the lesson and grow through this we run away and we put on a game or you go watch a series or you go take a smoke or you go get this thing which is going to mask or hide this emotion that you didn't yet learn how to comprehend and what's going to happen is every time it's going to hit you again you're going to run again and then it's going to hit you again you're going to run again because you didn't yet learn or develop or allow yourself to develop the ability to to get past that and when when we're all smiling i'm thinking sooner or later in this discussion i'm going to point out how all of us are actually addicts in one way or another 
Hey bro, I committed to giving up fast foods a long time ago. <laughs> I'm still in recovery. So from Joburg now, what the Eccles wonder why is it's hard to give up something like that. So you, we've mentioned three reasons so far why people get into addiction. The first is seeking pleasure, avoiding pain. The third that you mentioned is difficult emotions to escape the difficult emotions when you can't deal with those emotions. So. Till this point, we have all agreed that avenues of addiction are doing things repetitively that are self-harming. But the simple question is, say the thing is harming you, just leave it out, brah. It's simple. But if it was so simple, why wouldn't every addict just leave it out if it was so simple to leave out? So now we need to understand why do addicts act out and why do addicts do what they do. You see, Allah has created in our brains, in our neurosystem, Allah has created different chemicals and for different emotions, different chemicals are released. The most popular chemical released when we are experiencing accomplishment or satisfaction is a chemical called dopamine. Dopamine is released on accomplishment. So you get a good report in school, dopamine is released. You work hard, you buy your first car, dopamine is released. But the reason that people take to avenues of addiction is that avenues of addiction unnaturally release dopamine for the addict. So for somebody gaming may not thoroughly stimulate him, but for somebody else that gaming does thoroughly stimulate him. So he will go to that avenue of addiction because it releases the dopamine that he requires in order for him to experience joy. There's a big difference between happiness and joy. A momentarily experience, a short experience of joy is what he will experience from the release of dopamine. So dopamine can be experienced There's nothing for insan except that he has to work hard for He could experience dopamine from going for a run Or from jamming Or for learning new sabak Or by meeting people Or by being kind to an old person He can experience a release of dopamine But all of those avenues require that he has to work hard for Addictive avenues don't require the work And as a result a person uses that as a means of a quick release of dopamine so there is some benefit, but the consequences are so many more. But then there's also something to be aware of, a cycle of addiction. Because once a person is experiencing consequences, he should just leave it out. But why can't he leave it out under normal circumstances, sometimes without some extraordinary intervention? Because there is a cycle of addiction. What the cycle of addiction is, it looks like this. A person experiences a trigger. The trigger could be anything. The trigger could be emotions which is having difficulty dealing with. The trigger could be the need to feel joy, the need to run away from pain, whatever it may be, that will be the trigger. From the trigger, a person moves on to a state of cravings. When he's reached cravings, it's almost in many cases a point of no return because he's moved from the trigger into cravings. From cravings, he goes into usage. When he uses his avenue of addiction, whatever it may be, it then results in consequences and their consequences then translates into shame. Shame is such a terrible feeling that it becomes a trigger. The trigger leads to cravings. The cravings leads to usage. Usage leads to shame. Shame leads to a trigger again. And that cycle repeats itself over and over. And that's why addicts do it. So I'm hoping through this point that I'm trying to raise, people will get the understanding of why addicts do what they do. Another addition to why they do what they do is because outside of that cycle now, what initially gave you a 
dosage of dopamine and how the shakir is bringing up this chemical which is now some would say is uh, responsible for this experience of of joy or euphoria um, but at the same time it also strongly connects an experience to that level of joy so now you're seeking that same experience for that level of joy and what happens with the thing that you're addicted to is like Hafiz Shakir mentions unnaturally it releases this dopamine so there's more amounts right than usual that your mind is, is registering and Allah created our body is amazing that itself regulates in a certain way but now the, the things that would normally release that dopamine is not giving you the amounts or sufficient enough compared to what you're getting from the addiction so for example you get up you go for a run you feel good you hit a solid gym session you feel good you come back you do what you need to you're feeling good you have a social chill out with the friends and you guys go out you get something to eat you're feeling good but now the amount of dopamine you're experiencing there is nothing compared to what happens when you're going through that thing that you're addicted to. And that then also keeps pulling the addict back and that's why they keep doing what they do. So let me ask you a question, right? We've created a certain picture to understand addiction and what's happening in the mind, right? Now the question that we need to ask ourselves is that everybody who starts off and becomes an addict says, I will never be an addict. Nobody starts off and saying, you know what, today... I start, I make my niyat, I start off my journey to addiction. No, it doesn't happen. It just happens to people without them even realizing. So speak to us about the road to addiction. The road to addiction is important to understand. For example, I came from Cape Town this morning, alhamdulillah. So I arrive on the airport, right? At the airport, first thing I need to do, so I need, I have like a, a tartib a ritual that I must follow when I get on the airport because I have a habit of missing flights. So I need to get to the airport. First thing I need to find out, where's the boarding gate? Go find it first before I do anything else, right? So I check in before the time, I get there, I find the boarding gate. Now I know, okay, through this boarding gate is this flight that's going to take me over here. What happens if I don't realize I'm by the wrong boarding gate? So what happened to me last year in January? Didn't make it home. <laughs> flight left without me. I stayed in Johannesburg. So now what happens is, imagine something could tell me, or I had some sort of alarm, or I was aware that time that, listen, look up at the boarding gate, understand that this boarding gate is going to this destination. If I had known that at the time when I was there, I could have said, you know what, i the wrong boarding gate. So the road to addiction, it's important for us to look at what are the signs along this road. Right? If you're driving down the highway, they say, you know, this, okay, I don't really know the highways here in Durban, but you know, let's say five kilometers away and then three kilometers, and you know you're in that, you're heading in that direction. Right? And if you don't look at the signs, you're never going to know, am I actually heading in that direction or am I not? So it's important for us to get an understanding of what the road to addiction looks like. So we can see the signs when we're actually on that road and decide, you know what, let me make a, let me make a U-turn. Right now, before we unpack this a bit further, I'm going to give you uh, a tool that you can use. Right. So, to, just to give you a framework for why the road to addiction is important, you know what a bullseye looks like when you're doing archery. So, there's the red dot in the middle, and there's one circle around it, and then another circle around it, and a bigger circle around it. Right. So, when it comes to addiction, they talk about inner circle behavior, outer circle behavior. So, if the center of the circle is the action 
that you're addicted to, right? Or the action that you could be addicted to. Then the circle just outside of it is maybe one step away from that. The circle just outside of that is maybe two steps away from that. The circle just outside of that is three steps away from that. Now this works like a magnet. The closer you are to the action, the closer two magnets are to one another, the more difficult it is to pull them apart. So the closer you are to that action or that sin or that addiction, the more difficult it is to, to, to step away. So if you know the road, if you know, oh, you know what? So for example, someone that smokes, right? I'm going to use this as an example. A few things is, okay, so when I'm, when I'm with a group of friends, right? That's already, when I'm out of my friends, generally that's the start of heading towards. Then one lights a cigarette. Now I still hang around. Then eventually someone offers me a puff. And now I'm like one step away from actually doing that thing which is going to throw me back over there. But if you already know, okay, I'm out with these friends, these are the wrong friends. So already that's something that's easier to adjust. Or you see someone lights up a cigarette, you now walk away, it's easier than when they offered it to you right in front of you. So understanding that road to addiction is important to ensuring that we don't end up at that action which we are addicted to or can become addicted to. Ah, absolutely. So in the road to addiction, there's something that comes to my mind. You see, when we sit in the circles of drug addiction and we sit in the circles of Narcotics Anonymous and Alcoholics Anonymous, our discussion is very different to that of the non-Muslims. The non-Muslims say, look here, we need to indulge in moderation. We say, we only drink zamzam, nothing else, we don't drink anything else, right? So we don't indulge in moderation, we don't indulge at all. So it makes it easier to stay away from addiction. But when it comes to other avenues that we get addicted to which are actually like halal, for example, food addiction, or I don't want to say that somebody must say, hey, this bra came from Chobuk and said gaming is halal, but gaming is not alcohol, right? So gaming, for example, or binge watching a certain series, for that matter, these are things that Muslims do engage in. So now the difficult thing is when it comes to alcohol and drugs, we say don't indulge at all. These are things that I would say confidently that perhaps everybody in this gathering did engage in at some point or the other. So then how do you regulate yourself? The question that we need to ask ourselves is we need to get to underlining causes. There is many thousands and millions and billions of people who will watch series but will not get addicted. They will be able to watch one episode, wait for next week for the next episode, wait for the following week for the next episode, but then you'll get others who will go online, they'll find a website where they can download the whole series and from Friday, Saturday, Sunday, they won't leave their room, they'll watch the whole series one time. Or if he buys a vape, he will puff every puff that that vape has to offer until he finishes it off in 24-hour cycle. My point is, what's the difference between the two type of people? The one type of people who don't get addicted don't have the serious dire need to experience joy. They don't have the serious dire need to avoid pain. Because their broader lifestyle has some sort of stability in it, so there's the lesser need to experience joy in a desperate manner. There is the lesser need to avoid pain in this desperate manner because of the broader life and the situation in the broader life. But when somebody becomes addicted, it's a reflection that this person possibly desperately needs joy in his life. He desperately needs to avoid pain in his life. And we need to go back and investigate what was the cause for a person who is born on the fitrah, born in a pure state, reaching a position 
where he's desperately in need for joy or desperately in need to avoid pain. What is the reason that brought him into that type of a circumstance? And the only way to do so is to investigate a person's past, investigate a person's worldview and try to determine why when everybody else indulged, everybody else didn't become an addict. But this particular individual did become an addict then we need to search for underlining causes. 100% and you know on this road to addiction it's important to understand just like you driving your vehicle along the road you'll find a little fuel station right or for example let me go back to my my airport example right there's an information disk so for someone like myself that ends up going to the wrong terminals or looking for the wrong places or maybe standing at the wrong boarding gate I can go to the information and they can tell me you know what sir you actually need to be in this direction or that direction um, or even after I've missed the flight I now go to a point where they tell me okay you know what this is the next step for you now why am I saying this because in this road or along this road whether you are addicted to something and again remember we said we're talking about substances we're talking about behavior we're talking about anything that we are doing with this impulsive urge to continuously do and it's harming us right and anywhere along this road it's okay to ask for help. Anywhere along this road, you can get help. Right? And that's one thing that I thought is important to mention. Whether you realize, that, hey, I might be addicted to this thing, and at the same time, whether you realize I am, either of those points, it's okay to, to get help. And just as a small exercise, I want everyone to think of something that they could possibly be addicted to. Just by the definition of doing something that harms you. So for example, like Hafiz Shakir mentioned, binge watching whole weekend. You binge watch from Friday right through. You don't make Maghrib, you don't make Isha, you don't even go eat properly. You're eating unhealthy, you don't know when is morning, when is night. You're arming yourself. You end up believing you are Ertorul. <laughs> <laughs> so you might be sitting hours on end, ignoring your family, right? Um, you're supposed to be asleep at night, giving your body its due rest but you're laying, looking at your phone, whatever it may be. Can everyone think of something that they could potentially actually be addicted to? Mm. Now I'm going to use a quick example. Who all here has a cell phone? Put up your hand if you have a cell phone. I have a cell phone. Put up your hand if you have a cell phone. Because that's practically everybody. So I'm going to use cell phone as an example. Right? Here's a quick test. If your phone is off whole day, whole day, you should it's probably going to be a hundred messages. There's no messages from nobody. Now you feel sad about it. You're worried. You want to know, do you still exist to be in this world? Whatever it may be. If there's a change in your emotion there, potentially there's some sort of unhealthy connection, unhealthy addiction building in that. Sometimes you open up statuses and you realize it's an hour later and you're just scrolling through status, click, 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 click. Five, six hours pass you by, two, three hours pass you by. How many times has it happened to us? And, you know, if your phone rings now while I'm talking to you, you know, it's... So, sometimes in some ways, whatever it may be that's impacting us, that's harming us in one way or the other, harming us mentally, physically, spiritually, emotionally, whatever it may be, that potentially can be you on the road to addiction where there's an action that you're compulsively doing that's harming yourself. I think there's a possibility till this point we might have glorified addiction because you spoke about dopamine releases, the experiences of joy, avoiding pleasure, and somebody is sitting here, you, 
this thing sounds like or like it is saying the when it sounds like we need to go try this thing na i think let's speak about the consequences and the effect of addiction on the brain from a neuroscience perspective allah has made it such allah has made it such that our brains or our a healthy functional person ought to be connecting with three avenues a healthy functional person should be connecting with three avenues the first avenue that he should be connecting with is monana salman's presentation was with his family and friends and those around the first avenue of connection you don't need to have a massive social circle you don't need to be extremely popular but you're supposed to be connecting with family and friends and those around the second avenue of connection that any healthy functional person ought to be having is that he should be connected with himself he should love respect himself he should not want to bring harm to himself that's the second avenue of connection the third avenue of connection that every healthy functional person should be having is the connection with allah jalla jalalu he has an intense love for allah jalla jalalu he's not only doing ibadah for things that he can get in return i read surah waqiah i get money out i read my five salahs i get money out no he does ibadah walladhina amanu ashaddu hubban lillah he does ibadah because he's intensely in love with allah jalla jalalu So a functional person connects with these three avenues. What are the three avenues? Maybe it will come out in the quiz. What are the three avenues? He connects with family and friends. He connects with himself and he connects with Allah Jalla Jalalu. Now addiction is a state where a person's lower brain which is in charge of simply emotions and feelings and vibe, the lower brain starts to work in an overactive manner and the higher brain which is in charge of rationalizing making smart decisions making accurate judgment that part of the brain is switched off because if the upper part of the brain was functioning the upper part of the brain would stop you from doing things so you can only operate from your lower brain because you're only seeking the vibe seeking emotions seeking pleasure and you're not willing to rationalize and that type of a thing as a result as a person goes further in addiction he disconnects with his family and friends he disconnects with himself he does connects with allah jalla jalalu that's why when you tell an addict but boss look your family your friends your mother is crying it means nothing you say look you were such a good looking person now you on cat your cheeks are gone in it means nothing you say but boss you are just pleasing allah it means nothing because a person in addiction does connects with these three avenues of connection why he disconnects from these three avenues because he is only seeking a vibe and only seeking an emotion and only seeking a feeling now these three avenues are not reliable in providing an avenue of pleasure yet listen to what i'm saying these three avenues are not reliable in providing the mood change and pleasure always every time when you come for fajr salah it's not like window opening woo fajr salah no Sometimes you craft in you not the morning person you come for fajr and the imam is pulling you say ya allah please give qari sufyan the tawfiq to go into ruku ya allah yeah any vibe any sometimes it's a craft sometimes you come for fajr salah and as he pulls his mud your hair rocks and yo oh, it slats you know it's lacquer so for all the ibadah is sometimes it's a good feeling sometimes allah wants to test your sincerity and you have to push yourself with your family and around the bride the vibe is sometimes good sometimes when you sit with your family they ask you difficult questions the traffic fine came by why were you speeding uncomfortable you just want to run away from the room sometimes you look in the mirror you feel good about yourself 
Sometimes you look in the mirror, you check the slough handles and you think, hey, I need to pull my elastic of my pants up at the eye so I can't see it. <laughs> so, your relationship with these three avenues that a person, a healthy, functional person should be connecting with are unreliable in providing a mood change. So as a result, a person starts to connect with a thing or a substance or any avenue of addiction because that is reliable in providing a mood change. So a person knows every time I buy a joint and I smoke weed, I'm bound to get high. Or every time I game, I'm bound to get high. Every time I get involved in my addiction, which may be sex addiction, and I go to the brothel, then I know I'm bound to experience some sort of a joy. As a result, a person disconnects from these three avenues and now starts to connect with a thing. Is now connecting with either a substance or a place or an experience and is disconnecting from people. As a result, a person's mind becomes trained now to no longer connect with people and align himself. He's now connecting with things. And his relationship with everything now becomes the same relationship as he has with things. Let me show you an example. I take my phone. I just hoi my phone down. It wasn't supposed to fall so hard. I'm like, what a screen guard, right? But I just throw my phone down. Later on, when I pick it up, my phone doesn't say, hey, just now you are throwing me down, now you want to use me. Or you take your phone, you don't charge it. Or you play with another nicer phone, and you say, hey, this phone is better than my phone. My phone doesn't say, oh, that phone is better, now you want to come back to me. No. <laughs> because you're connecting with things, you get used to connecting in a narcissistic manner. And you continue, you reach a point where you start to use Use people and love things, not love people and use things. And that becomes the situation as a result of addiction. Let me tell you, when I, when I counsel addicts, I hear this so much. Boss, I'm reading Surah Waqiyah, but Allah is not giving me money. Why? Because addiction has led you to reach a point where you have a narcissistic relationship with Allah, where you think Allah is your ATM, you put in your Surah Waqiyah, you get your money out. But your purpose for Surah Waqiyah was not money. It was the pleasure of Allah Jalla Jalalu. And that's the effect of addiction. The effect of addiction in essence, sorry for such a long story, like a whole Jumu'ah Bayan on this topic. But my point is, gents, that addiction, the opposite of addiction is connection. Addiction causes you to disconnect from your three avenues of addiction, or three avenues that a healthy person should be connecting with. And in, in, instead you connect with a thing or a substance. And then based on you connecting with a thing or a substance, every relationship going forward is based on the way you connect with a thing and a substance. Jamil, and I think it's important for us as we conclude this segment is to look at where am I supposed to be connecting. So I'm going to read out just a few points. And if any of this hits home a little bit, as they would say, you know, you feel like the struggle is real, or we hit that right point. If any of this hits you, Regarding this thing, remember I said earlier, think of something you could be addicted to, right? Maybe it's not that clear, but if I read one of this and that comes to mind, potentially you're on the road to being addicted to that thing or you are. It causes you to spend large amounts of time engaging in this particular thing, whatever it may be, whether it's your phone, whether it's pornography, whether it's um, substance abuse, whether it's sexual intercourse, whether it's just anything, even exercising, jumping, anything that you do over and above what is healthy for you, right? And does and starts to harm you in other ways, that is something that potentially will become, um, you are becoming addicted to. Urges to engage in this thing, even if it negatively affects your day, your life, your responsibilities, your relationships, 
Did you heard what we said now? You're not able to connect because you're connecting somewhere else. Using the behavior to manage unwanted emotions. Go and learn how to deal with those emotions because it's going to come back at you. A mentor of mine once said, life will teach you the same lesson till you decide to learn it. Life will teach you the same lesson till you decide to learn it. Run today, you're going to run tomorrow. Face it, if you're struggling, get help. You can get through it. Allah will not put you with a challenge that you cannot overcome. Then, difficulty in avoiding the behavior. Try and leave your phone off for a day. If you can't, you're addicted. Done. I don't even want to talk about it. Hmm. Right? Um, the inability and re- like restlessness, if you have irritability, restlessness, anxiety, even depression, um, you know, or other type of withdrawal symptoms when you try to leave it. Like if you leave your phone, you sm- you're irritable. Anybody say something, you just want to throw them with something because you didn't have your phone for the day. Anything like that, that's a sign that you are potentially addicted. And important to understand, I said in the beginning, and I will conclude my portion of us here, is that inside all of us is an addict. Inside all of us is an addict. And we learn this from Surah Yusuf. Where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, وَمَا أُبَرِّئُ نَفْسِي إِنَّ النَّفْسَ لَأَمَّارَةٌ بِسُوءٍ There's this nafs, and this nafs is an addict. And he starts out commanding with evil. And when you give him evil, he commands you with more of that evil. But that addict, the good news is, you can make that an addict for good. Where that eventually, that becomes from this nafs that is commanding you with evil, to this nafs that is contented, that is settled, that has been tamed because you fought the battle. You consciously chose to not just let the addict win, to not just let this nafs take over, to not just let shaitan win the battle, because shaitan is whispering to that addict inside and he's fighting against you. And all of this, you standing there as a soldier saying, I'm here for the pleasure of Allah. I'm going to fight these temptations. I'm going to push back and I'm going to overcome that. I'm going to become stronger in the journey and I'm going to ensure I become addicted to the joys and the the bliss that is to be found in the practicing way of a Muslim. So may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us to find all of that in those three ways that Hafiz Shakir said, connecting with yourself, connecting with your family, connecting with your Lord, go search for the joy in those ways. Go search for that enjoyment that we are going to find in it. And inshallah ta'ala, man jadda wajada, the one who searches shall find. If we search for it, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will grant us to find it, inshallah. Jazakallah khair, Hafid Ahmed. My final concluding remarks. Remember I mentioned to you brothers about the cycle of addiction. What was the cycle of addiction? A trigger, craving, usage, shame. A trigger, craving, usage, shame. Should I keep going? No, just twice is alright, right? When a person is in a state of a trigger, at this point, what can he do to save himself from going into craving? He can save himself by delaying this period. Now try this, try this. Everybody please close your eyes and please don't close your eyes. <laughs> I'm not going to do anything to you. You're having trust issues like you close your eyes, what's <laughs> happening next? Close your eyes, right? Please don't think of monkeys. <laughs> what did you think of? We only thought of monkeys. So when experiencing a trigger, if a person says, no, don't do it, don't do it, don't do it, your nafs rebels and makes you do it. So in a state of trigger, just delay. Phone a friend. Tell yourself, yes, I'm going to do it, but I'm just going to run some errands first. Okay, I'm just going to play some soccer first, and then after that, I'll do whatever my avenue of addiction is. Just delay it. Phone a friend. Come to the masjid. Make dua. 
but just delayed. In that period of delaying, you might save yourself from falling into craving. Once a person reaches a state of craving, there's very little that you could do except with external intervention to help a person not go further. But the trick is to save yourself from entering into a state of craving. Then a person enters into usage. And then a person moves into the state of shame. Shame is a powerful place to be in. Why? Because that shame can be changed into guilt. There's a difference between shame and guilt. And I'm hoping early in life we can all learn the difference. The difference is this. Shame condemns you as an individual. Guilt condemns the sin as a sin. So shame you say, what a terrible person I am. At the end of the day, I'm just a porn watcher, man. At the end of the day, I'm, I'm a terrible person. At the end of the day, I'm a whatever addict I am. This is who I am. That's shame. Guilt is a state where you say, the sin is so terrible. I'm better than the sin. I'm a student of Hibs. I'm a Musalli at Masjid Salam. How could I have done something like this? The sin is not behoving of me as a person from a good family to be doing this. And there's a difference between guilt and shame. Guilt results in a person saying, enough is enough. I'm done. Shame says, I'm such a bad person. Let me just go do it again. So the distinction to make in order to recover from addiction is to make a distinction between guilt and shame. And when we reach that point, then we don't stay in the state of shame. We change shame into guilt, knowing the hope in Allah Jalla Jalalu and knowing the value that Allah Jalla Jalalu has created us with. The second tool that I want to give everybody is لا يكلف الله نفسًا إلا وسعها. Allah will not burden us beyond that which we can handle. Allah has created us in a way that for every need that we have, there is an avenue for it to be fulfilled. One day I heard Mufti Safwan saying that when Allah made alcohol haram, Allah made cold drink halal. When Allah made pork haram, Allah made steak halal. When Allah made zina haram, Allah made marriage to four even halal. When Allah when Allah made gambling haram, Allah made business halal. So based on the need that you have, there is absolutely a halal avenue to fulfill that need. And there isn't a one size fits all. If somebody is getting something through pornography or masturbation, he could get that same feeling through ibadah or listening to qira'ah or jamming or doing MMA or doing Brazilian jiu-jitsu. Whatever it may be, he may get it from another avenue. So try to find it in another avenue. And thirdly, my respected brothers, let's not forget to make dua. Let's not forget to communicate with Allah. Don't let our relationship with Allah be a superficial, surface-level relationship where it's a whole lot of tick boxes. Came for salah, read Quran, did what I had to do. No, fall intensely in love with Allah Jalla Jalalu. Stop going to your Mulana and ask, Mulana, is this halal or haram? Start asking your Mulana, Will this make Allah happy or will this make Allah unhappy? And let that be the guiding stick. So it's not just what can I get from Allah. It's about being intensely in love with Allah Jalla Jalalu. May Allah give us the understanding. Jazakallah khair for your guys' indulgence, for listening so attentively and for looking alive. Any questions, gents? Any questions, anybody? When they don't ask questions, what does it mean? Either they understood 100% completely or they have no idea what we said.
We say Jazakumullah Ahsan al Jaza to our two panelists for that informative, ultra power, super packed with information. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us the tawfiq of implementing whatever was mentioned. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala reward our two guests who have traveled from far and wide to be part and parcel of our program. With regard to addiction, there's a joke, right? And you guys should laugh after this joke. <laughs> there's, so, but the person says, there's a friend of mine, he's addicted to sunlight liquid. But he says he's clean now. <laughs> How's that one? What's Idris? Beautiful, right? <laughs> right. Alhamdulillah, with Allah's puzzle, we have come to the conclusion of our first session.